You Can Mentor is a network that equips and encourages mentors and mentoring leaders to love God, love others, and make disciples in their own community. Learn more at youcanmentor.com or follow us on social media. You Can Mentor. Mr. John Bernard has released a book entitled Mephibosheth, The Search for Identity, Purpose, and Community. It's an amazing book, and I know it will encourage you and your fellow mentors. While you're at it, pick up my book, You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. You can find both of these resources on Amazon or on our website. Lastly, follow us on social media, listen to the podcast, and share everything you find valuable with your mentoring friends. We're here for you, and we want to add value in whatever way we can. Thank you so much. You can mentor. We here at You Can Mentor are toying around with the idea of having a mentoring gathering or conference where mentoring leaders can come, get encouraged and equipped as they lead their ministries. Our goal in this is to create a safe and fun environment where mentors can share stories of struggles and successes while bonding together with their mentoring team and other mentoring leaders all across the country. If you lead a team of mentors and are interested in learning more about this gathering, please reach out to us. We'd love to pick your brain on how to create a gathering that best serves you and your team. Since this is our first year doing it, we want as much input as possible to create the best experience as possible. Thanks, you can mentor. Mentoring leaders, are you looking for a place to discuss important mentoring issues with other people who are passionate about mentoring? If so, let me introduce You Can Mentor Learning Labs, a monthly call with other mentoring leaders to support each other as we lead mentoring organizations and other mentors. Each call will focus on a topic and allow you to share as well as hear from others on the struggles and successes they have had regarding this specific topic. To sign up, please reach out to Zach Garza at zach at youcanmentor.com or find us on social media. Thank you. Remember, you can mentor. Welcome, You Can Mentor listener. I'm John. I'm sitting down today with a good friend of mine, and I'm so excited for us to have this conversation because we're going to start off with, we wouldn't say that you have a bone to pick, right, Lanny? No, not a bone. <laughs> not Not a bone. <laughs> Not an uh, issue, that, but you, issue, you've got yeah. something interesting to talk about. And that is because recently we had what I hope to be a really good series, which is going to be mentoring at the movies, yeah. right? Because there are all these great movies that have mentor components and mentoring in them. Yes. And so even though we're going to get through kind of some of the obvious ones, there are some, there are some that are kind of like subtle, right? Right. Right. By, what, by the way, what's your, when I just say like mentoring movie, favorite mentoring movie, inspirational, someone, you know... Feeding into somebody else. What, Any movie with Denzel Washington in, in, in it, I, I'm all I'm all about it. Like I, mean, I just went and saw the last one. I'm not mad on fire. Yeah, that's been some the, years. I don't remember the name of the movie I just went and saw. But Is it, it a amazing. more recent movie? It's a more recent movie. Equalizer. Equalizer. The Equalizer. 3. Okay. The Equalizer, Equalizer three. three. Yeah. I gotta I gotta admit, yeah. I was at the movie theater real recently and yeah. I walked by the Equalizer three movie uh-huh. and I was like, what happened to Equalizer one and two though? <laughs> Class one and two were phenomenal. They were but good. This t- one, this one's like he's 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 got a bone to pick. Was he in equal? Was he the equalizer one and two? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know, dude. Maybe I maybe I fell off the the face of the. I, I, it's like I I slept through the first yeah. two. And th- this one this one was done in Europe, and okay. it just made. I mean, it was it was like 
it was just like equalizer one and two on steroids. Okay. Yeah, it was, I mean, he's 60 years old. He's just, you know, kicking. Booty. Yeah. He's up to the ante. He's, he's up to the ante. It's, okay. it's better. I mean, if you makes training day seem like, like, like a PG movie. Training day is a mentoring movie, isn't it? it I it mean, like it, it's the anti, it's the anti-mentoring <laughs> movie. It's what it not be. to do. <laughs> okay. Like, yes, yes. Don't get yes. your mentee under the influence. Oh yeah. yeah he, Cause he was, a, he was a mentor. But I don't, I don't know if he was a great mentor, right. but he was, he was a mentor. Yeah. Okay. Well, my goodness. Yeah. We're not talking about those movies. No, we're though. not. We're talking about Dead Poets Society. Zach and I sat down after yes. watching this film and we pulled some components of mentoring. And here's what I love, Lanny, is that you reached out and you said, hey, I need to talk about this movie with y'all. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to have an episode, which is this episode right here, right, right now. Right. And it's going to be a little op piece. Okay. It's going right. to be... I want to get your take, Lanny, off of um, the movie itself because you watched it again right, recently. I did. Um, and I want you to speak in a little bit because as a listener of our podcast, I think it's important for us to have this community where we realize we're going we're gonna to have interaction with each other, right. right? So, Lanny, maybe just kind of start off. And by the way, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Lanny Williams. That's my correct. friend Lanny Williams yes. is here. And so, I'm going to say your whole name now. And we're going to get into your story a little bit here in a little, in a little while, Lanny. But, but right now, let's just talk about this movie, all right? Why don't, you, why don't you kind of remind me, take us back to when you were listening to our episode and you began to think or feel something based on what, what Zach and I said. So just okay. kind of start that conversation. And I'll start off by saying this also. It's Lanny Williams, like Danny with an L is what I tell everybody. Yeah. That's when I say it, they're like, Lanny, like, I can't believe your name is Lanny. I'm like, Danny with an L. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, Lanny. So I, I had to throw that in there. How many times have you probably had oh, to say man, that in your you life? You have no idea. Sometimes okay. I, some, they'll call me Randy, Lonnie. I just, I just go with it sometimes. But when I'm serious about it, I'm like, it's Lanny. Danny yeah. with an L. And they're like, okay, I get that. So That's good. I wanted to help you out with that. Thank you for doing and, that. And I'm terrible with names. I'm going to let, let you know that right now. Like I am the worst with names. I know faces. Yeah. I'm not, an, I'm not a good name person. I, re, I will remember you or remember something about you, even about this movie. Dead Poor Society. I'm going to be, I, I know who Robin Williams is. I don't remember the name of this character in the movie. <laughs> but so back to the movie while we're here, I was listening to your podcast. You and Zach were talking. And I will say this after, after I listened to the, watched the podcast, listened to the podcast mm-hmm. of the movie, I went back and I think I was listening to the episode of the, <clears throat> the 200th episode between you and Zach. And yeah. that was good. So I got a, a different perspective on, on, on him, but nonetheless, as I was listening to the, the, your podcast on Dead Poor Society and, and one of the comments that you guys talked about was about mentorship, about the teacher with a student. Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there was a comment that was made about that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like either you or Zach were saying how mentors should never go against what the parents want when it comes to the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I was just, and so I was, I was chewing on that a little bit. I'm like, but what if, but what if what the parents are saying is dead wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, goes against biblical principles, goes against, what if it's bad? Right. When does a mentor step in and say, okay, I think this is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I was coming from on that end, because there's times, and you know, as, as an educator, I've always told kids that there, there are going to be times in your life where people who have poured into you as a young person are going to tell you things that, that they feel are going to be truth. But as you get older, you're going to find out that that was not right. Mm-hmm. Like I forgot my, my oldest daughter told us one time, like you guys made me believe that there was like in this, Oh, I don't, I forgot what Brittany told us, but she says, you, you guys told, us, told me when I was young that if I did this, that something bad was going to happen. And she says, I believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it's, you know, like if you pull your tooth out, yeah. I, you know, so, something crazy, I forgot what it was, but, but there are times when, when you're, 
when you're young that maybe your parents or people that love you are going to tell you something when, when you're a young person that you're going to realize when you when you get older that that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And it's happened before with me, you know, with, on, on different issues and things like that. Not that they didn't love me. Mm-hmm. They were just wrong with how they felt about a situation about a thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so. So even in the film, right, we're yeah. talking about, I remember that me and Zach were watching this movie. And I think when you grow up and you had watched Dead Poets Society, you're kind of like, oh man, Robin yeah. Williams yeah. is so hilarious yeah. and like so out of the box, so creative, tearing up that textbook, standing on those yeah. desks, right? And really trying to get these guys to live their life, you know, at 100% carpe diem, yeah. right? And then we remember that the dad of kind of what we could maybe call the main character mm-hmm. of the film who ends up taking his own life. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, that's probably the the saddest and, and kind of the most regretful part of the movie. I'm gonna tell you, I was crying. Right. When I, when I watched the movie on Monday, I'm like, I, I am, I'm bawling at that. When the mom said to the dad, tell me he's okay. Mm-hmm. And and just the feeling that you could feel from a, from a parent's perspective of just, you wouldn't see that. I've had a good friend of mine that his, his son committed suicide. He walked in right after it happened. And mm-hmm. I just went back to that moment, like, gosh almighty, just the, the feeling that you can have as a parent to, mm-hmm. to, to go through something like that. And man, it just, it broke my heart at yeah. the time. So, like nothing worse no, right, oh, as a parent. For absolutely sure. not. So we kind of talked about, hey, we, we're kind of siding with the dad on, on yeah. this, right? And so again, we're, I don't think that it's important for us even today with our conversation to really speak out against, or I just, what I'm really excited about, Lanny, was that as you listened and as you th- were thinking, oh, you know, what you guys talked about kind of made me think about this. Yeah. And then that led to you calling me that I thought gave us a really good conversation that made me think, Lanny, you and I need to sit down right. and, and have this conversation right. because you are so qualified in terms of your your past and your present even, which we're going to get into, which I'm excited about. But also just so that we take note and, and remember that we really want to have this podcast to be something that is accessible between myself and Zach and those other contributors. And anytime that I interview someone, I hope that it kind of makes you think, oh, I want to check out that author or got to do something really incredible with in the past with another coach, Coach John Mosley, as we had. And I just think that you guys as coaches, by the way, have such an incredible opportunity to minister to and impact lives that I just think, you know, we need to have our own, our own coaches section. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well I'm all for that. And, and I do, I mean, I've, you and I visited, I think, I think it was last summer about some things mm-hmm. about even, you know, says, you know, like, you need to write a book, you know, and I'm right. like, I'm like, what? And so I'll have to tell you that that's been on my mind. Good. I mean, I've even got the title down. It's just the fact of sitting down at my computer and just putting things together, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I, I do think that, you know, those things are important, you know, moving forward. But, but yeah. And, and once again, you know, as far as the movie is concerned, I, I have to, I have to remind myself it's just a movie, but a lot of this does play out in real life. Oh, sure. You know? Absolutely. No, I think that that's really good. Now, again, in rewatching this in terms of the character who was there, you know, that Robin Williams character, do you think that he, you know, what kind of grade do you give him in terms of, of maybe being what we would call like healthy mentoring in that. Do you think uh, that he did I, a pretty good job? I think he did a great job. I, I give him an A. The situation, the whole circumstance, you know, you made the comment about, I think the comment was about, well, you know, as a mentor, you should always reach out to the parents. Well, we have to, I was reminded that the parents dropped their kids off at the school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the teacher was able to see the dad often. Mm-hmm. And so the parents expecting, you know, a, the school to, to be a certain way you know, you, you have this teacher here that, that, that is new to the community as well. He's just being himself. He's just being what, what, what he felt like he needed to be. And really trying to dig in deep to each and every student about, you know, man, 
find your passion, find what, find what, what God created you for. Mm-hmm. And it may not be what your parents want you to be. And that's the thing that I, that I got from it, you know, that, that he was just really just pulling out of all the kids, what was inside of them, allowing them to see things from a different perspective. I think sometimes we want to keep people in a box and say, think of it in these terms. But I think as an educator, even as a mentor, our, our jobs are not necessarily to lead anyone in, in a certain direction. We just say, hey, you know, you know, the Robert Frost poem, you know, two, two roads diverge in the woods and I traveled the one, you know, however that goes, mm-hmm. less followed or whatever. But you have to, you know, create your own path in life. And sometimes, you know, I'll say this, I, I thought that one of my daughters should be a teacher and one of them should not be teaching. And both of the opposites just happened for them. But, mm-hmm. but I, I saw one of them as one and I didn't see the other one as one. And the one that is one is a very good one. The one that isn't, you know, it's, but what we expect, our, our job as parents is to get them to where they can lean on the Heavenly Father and not necessarily anyone else. But in life, as you will find out through my life, that people come in at different times and moments and they prod you in certain directions and certain things. And, and maybe that's just God's way of saying, you need to hear this now and that's good. So Absolutely. And, and so I didn't, I didn't think the teacher was, was, did a bad job. I, I, I thought he did a great job. I, I do think the institution itself didn't allow a lot of outside thinking when it came to what they were doing. I think they wanted everyone to, you know, everyone's supposed to go to Harvard, you know, 75% of the kids are going to go to Harvard or, right. or some Ivy League school. Great. Mm-hmm. But, but what about the other 25% that wasn't going, where mm-hmm. were they going to go? You know, what were they going to do? You know? Right. So that's my thoughts on that. Like there was, there's another percentage that didn't go to Harvard. So what was their path in life? No kidding. No so, kidding. No, I mean, I hear you. Now you're preaching here because again, even with what I get to do, you know, with a creative kid, mm-hmm. right? The skater, the musician, yeah. man, those kids. I think organized sports is really an incredible thing, right? To begin to get Absolutely. into at a young age, especially. So you mentioned Denzel Washington, even last night with my teenagers, mm-hmm. I was watching Remember the Titans and it yeah, had been yeah, years because yeah. it's the quintessential like youth ministry trip movie. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but back in the day, you couldn't get on a bus to Colorado ski trip and not watch <laughs> right, Remember right, the Titans right, about five yeah. times on the way there, yeah. right? So funny, you know, all those, all those little teachable moments, Denzel Washington being Denzel Washington, of course, but like the beauty of organized sport is that it shows someone who they are and it shows them what they're to do and it gives them automatic community, right? I mean, you're identified as a, as a, as a player, offense, defense, whatever your role is, that others are depending on you. I mean, you learn right. all these really important things about life through organized sports, but we don't all respond to organized sports either. And so right. we don't, we don't kind of have those coaches. Now, Laney, let's you and I kind of take a, a turn in our conversation. Tell me about, you know, when did the mentor start making a difference in your life, whether it was a teacher or a coach? You know, I know that you, you have been an athlete your whole life. Why don't you just start telling us what it looked like for those people that, that were starting to invest in you and to kind of teach, teach you how life is supposed to be lived? Yeah. And I would have to say growing up in, in, in an East Texas town, Mineola, Parents were divorced at a young age, and and it wasn't just me. It was it was a group of guys in, in my hometown that this group of coaches came in, and and I will always talk about you know for for moments in time. But so I, I do feel like that God in my life has placed people there in 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 in, in really peculiar times for a moment, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Not gone, but 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 it's just like it's the not seasons like seasons begin and the yeah, season ends. Yeah, it's like it's like here now. Going later. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Miola, we had this group of coaches that came in. We had coaches that were there that were phenomenal as well, but they really poured into us. And this was my first time I've ever heard about FCA. Never heard that before. And so we got involved and with that. that Fellowship of Christian, Christian Athletes, athletes mm-hmm. which is still around the day, still still a big entity in, in, in a lot of public school settings and in private school settings as well. So had a group of coaches that came in and really poured into 
some young men that really needed it. Guys that look like me, guys that 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 had situations like like mine. That my parents were great. My parents loved me, but but as a young man, and and when you when your parents are divorced and you made a decision to stay with your mom and don't go with your dad, you know, I'm sure my mom was afraid of man who's going to be the who's going to be influential in my son's life, and 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 not not that that was a that was a that bad of a deal because my dad was still there, but on a day to day basis, these men just just really just pour, these coaches poured into us and really showed us there's a lot more about sports outside of sports. And this is where becoming a coach, wanting wanting to be like them, wanting to be become a coach like them, you know, and this is this is kind of what I want to do. And, and it was so great. And then from, from from that point on, I got a chance to go play professional baseball, got drafted. And then during that time had a situation happen where where a coach made me feel a certain way about being a made me feel weak about being a Christian ball player. So I, I questioned whether or not I was a, I was a, I was a Christian in playing baseball because of what he said about how he didn't like Christian athletes, that they were weak. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not weak, so I must not be a Christian. But then during that time frame, a guy by the name of Sean Collins came in, who was, who was a, a very strong Christian baseball player, and showed me that you can do this and be a, you know, a, a Christian guy playing baseball. So I struggled with that, you know, with that aspect of it. And then as, as a coach, when, when I moved to Brenham, where I met you, Greg Jerkins, mm-hmm. you know, was, was a guy that we, I learned how to play guitar with, with you and him. We all got together and he was just an older guy that came into my life and meeting with him, you know, all the time, along with Troy and Casey, mm-hmm. we ran together and did those things. It was like we were there and all of a sudden you look and Greg passed away, you know, a, a few years back and, you know, Casey and his family moved to up north and, and then we, we move away and it's like, it's like what you thought you needed that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Like this is going to be my huddle. All of a sudden it becomes like, and then they're gone again. Mm-hmm. So there's been these moments in my life and time where people have just poured in and then, you know, they've been gone. And, and, and I'll say this, John, and I mentioned this to you earlier. I've always been a receiver. I've never been a, like a, a giver. I've never been, I've wanted to like find someone to like mentor with and, and really reach out to, but I've been one that's been more of receives it mm-hmm. than I have been or seek a person that says, Hey, I'm going to, I want to mentor you. I want us to sit down and, and go through these, you know, this 12 step book together. I've mm-hmm. never, and for me, it just feels awkward, but I've learned that through my teachings, through my coachings, through all that, I have been a mentor without even really trying to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. But so Lenny, let me stop you just for a second, mm-hmm. because I think you raise a really good point and you, and listener, as you know, you know, we both, you kind of shot through your life in, in a way, which is good because we only have so much time right. and your life is very full. 45 of- minutes is what you told me. <laughs> You've got you've got some great experiences under your belt, Lanny. Yeah. And again, you know, to hear stories about what it what it meant to be an athlete, I think it's incredibly interesting to think about whether it was a coach or someone above you that kind of questioned the connection between mm-hmm. being a strong believer and and then being an elite athlete and how mm-hmm. those two don't work. I mean, I, we could have a podcast just about yeah. that alone. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But to sit to to share that timeline of understanding that you and I'm sure you identified very quickly how these people made a great impact in your life. And you were, it sounds like you probably just understood that for these seasons, you would, you'd kind of mine what you want, uh, you know, or get what you'd get from these people, the characteristics, the, the, these role models where you said, man, I really like how these right. guys are living their life. Right. And I like how they speak and I like how they re- react. I mean, that's the dream when we think about what a mentee should be picking right. up, right? Like of saying, Ooh, wow, I really I'm getting a lot from this person as they live their life. Like, that's how I want to live my life. Right. I, we always want a mentee to point to their mentor saying, they get it, and I want to try to figure out what it takes to be like them someday, right? right? And so, now at this point, though, you know, you, you make an interesting point to say that 
and I, this is kind of what, here's my question going a long way just to ask this question. What, what do you think has, has made it, what made it awkward for you maybe to be apprehensive about pursuing a more formal mentoring relationship to somebody who you'd say, hey, I want to I kind of pour into you, even if it is for a season, but for us to maybe have these times together that we meet and then we just kind of share life together. What, what I, made I think, that difficult? I think the imperfectness of me. Okay. The, the part of me, the part of me that knows me, the part of me that knows that maybe I feel like I'm not worthy of mm-hmm. mentoring someone. As I've as I've hammered through that, and as I've had 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 a struggle with that, I've you know you recognize that people are people. My mentors had issues. The people that that really poured into my life, they had problems also. Now my thoughts were, I perceived them as this perfect person, knowing that they're not. They all had struggles, mm-hmm. but it, it was just one of those things where I'm just like, am I worthy of even saying, hey? And, and, and do you say to someone, hey, I want, I, want, I want to be your mentor? Is that how this works? Or is it, does it just organically happen to where you say, hey, let's, let's go out and hang out and do something together. I want to invite you over to do this, to hang out with the family, or, or let's go catch, a, you know, let's go to, go to Top Golf and hang out. You know, it's, it's, it's and, and I'll say this, Greg, Sean, Coach Sherman, Coach Hughes, Troy, Casey. I think Troy and Casey, we were the only ones that really, where we said that we're going to run together mm-hmm. and we're going to pray together. There was only, there was only one we had not rules, but there was only one set of where I felt like that we had mentors where we strategically set out to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones is just, it was just, Hey, you want to go fishing, you know, with Greg. Yeah. And you know, I remember Greg and I having a conversation about, I want to learn how to play an instrument. He says, man, I've been thinking about that also. What about we, we get together with, with mm-hmm. go get a guitar and let's get together. And we, we, we sought out you. And, and yeah. So no just, one, maybe no one, Lanny, in, in your experience in your life, are you saying that no one really kind of cornered you and said, listen, no, we're going to start a six month program where no. we meet on Tuesday mornings no. at two 30 and I'm going to feed into you. It was never like that. Instead it was organic. Yeah. But, and yet there was probably some intentionality in it when yeah. you kind of realized, Hey, let's, let's just kind of spend some time. I think the intentionality came from God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it. I, I would love to think that Greg Jerkins sought me out. I would mm-hmm. love to think that I would love to think that Sean Collins sought me out. Maybe, God placed it on their heart to say, hey, this brother right here needs some help. You know, maybe that's what it was. But I think that, once again, my Heavenly Father knowing me, knowing what I needed at that time, Mm -hmm. this person was a good fit for me at that time. Sure. Yeah. And that's the beauty. That's what I love about mentoring is that it's not a one size fits all. I love the fact that there can be different personality types that address it in different ways. I think that there are those that are on the one end of the spectrum to say, I need this to be highly organized. I need need this to be a program. I need a start date and an end date. And then all the way at the other end of that, you have those who say, you know what? I just kind of want to spend some time with this person. And whether you're a mentee that, that even, you know, I can kind of attest to that too, Lanny. There have just been men that I've met who I've thought, there's something about them. They just kind of get like mm-hmm. they they seem to have in in a way kind of what I want, like in terms of character development mm-hmm. and just personality. And so, you know, to say, hey, can we just spend some time together? Right. And again, not knowing what you're going to glean or, or how that's going to end out, I'm not even going to know what the end is looks like. I just want to for this time know that that us spending time together, that us sharing in life, that us fishing, going out to eat a meal together, is going to be of, of mutual benefit. I mean, John, a, a, a great example of of that for me is just you and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you were the youth minister at a church. I, I don't think I came to to hang out with you because I knew that you could help my kids out by being, I mean, I, you, you were doing your job. And for whatever reason, I remember hearing you give the word at church and, and, um, and I, was, I was telling Vic and we talked about this. I said, John is just such a, 
a breath of fresh air. He's just like a nice, cold, flowing water over you every time you talk to him. And you and I haven't really, I mean, connected. Once you left Renault, went to Belleville, we, mm-hmm. we stayed in touch, but it wasn't like we connected and you came to Waco. And I think I reached out to you here and we went and had a meal. And it was like, it was like the time, it was like we just saw each other yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I feel that every time we meet, and we don't meet, I mean, maybe once a year. I mean, you right. hit me with my motorcycle one time and I spent mm-hmm. the whole day with you there. And it was just, it's just one of those things where, where, where I don't think anything was scripted. Mm-hmm. I just think it just happened. You're right. I think our friendship, it, you, you wouldn't look at us on paper and say like, these two guys right. are going to be really good right. friends right. together. And right. that's, that's the beauty of, I think, the Lord, yeah. honestly. That's, and there's, that's an the arm, there's an arm wrestling thing in there too that, well, why you would say that wouldn't happen as well. Yeah, so, that's also going to yeah, be for another yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's on my that's on my arm sports <laughs> podcast, Lanny. <laughs> that is Pardon great. Me. Oh man, for sure. Again, that's that's what I love about the church. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's it's because of our faith that yeah. that we are friends. Now, it's also because we're both incredible athletes. Yeah, and exactly. I don't think that people realize that enough in terms of in terms of me. I think I read something that Deion Sanders says that the hardest thing in sport is to hit a baseball. Absolutely, is that true? Absolutely, uh, and, and maybe to beat beat John Bernard in arm wrestling. This is probably the second. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're <laughs> right. right up there. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge. Never mind. Yeah. I was about to just yeah. put the call yeah. out. It was going to turn WWE right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to put that. a word out. I'm sorry, listener. I almost got. <laughs> Lanny almost pushed the hot button with me, and I'm sorry about that. When was it for you? I just just for sport. We're going to go a little bit into this, okay? Okay. Because sports has played a major mm-hmm. role in your life. I mean, again, we can't even talk about anyone investing in you and, right. and what you invest in others because mainly it's been through that through the way of sports. When did you make the decision of baseball is your main mm-hmm. is your main sport in mm-hmm. terms of you coaching? Yes. You're a state champion coach. Mm-hmm. My goodness. And when was it though that you kind of had to be standing at the at the at the crossroad, okay? Between football and, and baseball, am mm-hmm. I right in saying that? Right. And then you you chose baseball. It's funny. I mean, that's that's a great question. And the answer is this that that I felt like that my college coach, Sporty Carpenter, when I was recruited, told me that I could do both in college. I'm sorry. Did you say sporty, sporty carpenter? Sporty carpenter. Yes, exactly right. He's a, he, he's a Henderson State ready. Awesome. He, he's an he's an icon there. So sporty carpenter told me when on the recruiting trip you can do both at Henderson State. So I go to Henderson. Okay. Play football my freshman year. Came time to go to baseball. He says you need to make a decision. And I, and I was like, well, I thought we made a decision. I was going to do both. He says, no, you need to make a decision if you're going to do football or baseball. I was like, okay. Then I'm I'm going to choose baseball. So. And and what. What helped you make that decision? It was, it's what I wanted to do. It's, it's okay. what I, it's, it was just in me. I just, I just love the game of baseball. I, I like football. Football was, I mean, you look at me and you think he's a football player. You don't see a baseball uh-huh. player, but I, I, there's, there's, there's something beautiful about the game of baseball for me. It's fast. It's slow. You have to think a little bit. It's, I, I feel like it's just me all wrapped up in the one. There's, there's these high moments, these low moments, these, these moments of, you know, dullness and there's these high peaks and these low peaks. So mm-hmm. I really liked it. Football is just, you know, baseball can be long. It can be short. It can also be very, very long. There's it's very no, long. There's no time limit on right. it. Right. There's Unlike, time to eat in baseball. Right, this is right. what I like. The there's time to have of, conversations. Yeah, you're yeah, talking. Yeah. Exactly. You're and looking so, over. Yeah. But it, there was something about it that I just liked. So when, when he made that decision, and I say he did, when I felt like he gave me the, drew the line in the sand, mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is what I'll do then. And so I did that. And, and, and I felt that I've been blessed by that decision to do that. And and glad that maybe he did challenge me to say, you need to make a decision. Yeah. And and I think this is, this is the path that God wanted me to go on. So I did that and, and really got a chance to play for some amazing coaches, some amazing managers, and then became became a coach myself. And, mm-hmm. and, and baseball was my main sport. And when I went to Burnham, I went, I went there on, I went there as a, to interview for a baseball job. Football okay. just happened to be 
the second thing that I wanted to do or that I did there, enjoyed football. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the kids that I coached and coached a lot of great athletes, but baseball is where my heart was. Sure, sure. Yes. So when, talk about, you know, how did you know that it was try to it was time to maybe turn that corner of taking the focus off you as an as a player as an individual and understanding that you wanted to really point your career even as one who would be investing in others as a coach and an educator the beginning was hard because making that transition mm-hmm. from you know I just got done playing professional baseball in 96 I'm teaching and coaching in and in, in the spring of 96 was done playing baseball in the fall of 96 I'm teaching and coaching so that was very hard because you only, you only saw yourself as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then I think as you start teaching and you get away from the sport a lot, you move away from that and you're in the classroom and you're, you're teaching kids, you, you see, okay, here's it's, it's kind of like the purpose just all of a sudden comes into play. And then I enjoyed teaching geography. I mean, it's one, it's one of the coolest classes. I mean, it's the, the best thing about geography is that it doesn't, it doesn't stay in a lane. Geography, there's so many rabbits you can chase in geography mm-hmm. because it changes. Right. Everything changes. It's not like world history or math or geography is oh, ever yeah, changing. Current, so yes, right? yeah, very. It's current. always current. Always. So it's always changing. And you can always look back at the past, mm-hmm. look at, look at the present, and see, and you can try to predict what the future is going to be about. So it was a cool class to teach, and I enjoyed doing that. So I, I really enjoyed teaching just as much as I did coaching. But I applied both in in both jobs. I applied the passion that I have for coaching in the classroom while I taught, and I also applied the teaching. As a, as a, in, in geography, as a baseball coach, and really just to try to become a really good teacher there and really break things down and simple and let, let kids understand the reason why. And I, I felt that I was very good at both of them. Mm-hmm. I felt that I was a very good educator and a very good coach because of, because of what both gave me and the other aspects of it. Sure, sure. And a great opportunity to influence literally hundreds of mm-hmm. lives oh, over yeah. your career, yeah. thousands even. So then you made a decision to become an administrator. Art. How? Tell, talk us just a little bit was, about some of that. It was, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And we moved to Cedar Park to become a coach there, baseball coach. But part of the tie with Cedar Park was that I had to be a football coach, which is great. And I say had to be, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that part of the baseball job was tied to a football job. Great. Sure. Loved it. No big deal. We were successful there on both ends. But there just came a point in time where in Cedar Park, like a lot of towns, you can't necessarily live inside of Cedar Park. You have to live out. So we were living out. And they worked out in the morning, so I'm getting up at 3.15 in the morning to go to football practice, and I'm the head baseball coach. And and just, you know, I remember Vic telling me one time, man, you look tired. And I was tired because you want to be good at both, and I'm not the kind of person that can slack on one to make sure that the other one is great. I'm, I'm going to be a great football coach. I'm going to be a great baseball coach and give my time to both. But because that's the way that I'm wired, it was just taking a lot of time. Okay. And so I just – I wanted to – I wanted to get away from the football side of things and just do straight baseball, but they have rules in, in, in Leander ISD that says you can't just do one sport. Great. No big deal. So I made a decision, prayed about it, and, and this job opened up in clean as an athletic director, assistant athletic director, and I said, you know, let's just see what happens. And, and this, there's another cool story behind the boss that I work for now, but because of that is, is where I am now. He, the, the, the crazy story about that, I will share this real quick, is that he saw me as a he came to a game. His son played baseball at Harker Heights. He saw me, didn't know me. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know Mike at the time, but he saw me at the umpires meeting, saw me coach my baseball team. And he said that he said that day, he said that if I ever have, have an opportunity to hire that guy, I want to hire that guy. Now this was a year before I got the job at, at, at Colleen. Okay. The next thing you know, I fill out an application for Colleen and he's a guy and he's just like, this is crazy that you're the guy that I said that, that I wanted to reach out to if I ever have an opportunity to. Nice. So it's just, it's just, 
crazy. Yeah. Crazy how God works, man. So cool story. Man, that is good stuff. Yeah. That's a reminder, I think, yeah. for us to understand that, man, hopefully, you know, in all things, professionally, personally, right. that we're living our life in, some, in a way right. that someone would say, <laughs> right. If that person ever becomes available, right. I want to I yeah. want to hire them. I mean that that speaks to your right. character and and it's just a good reminder. Right. Lane, I think that you have so many good stories you even shared and I, I hope that you're going to maybe share those stories even now as we think about the influence that you've had as one who invests in others. Mm-hmm. And you know, we always say you never really get the opportunity or some people will go their entire life and never even get to kind of hear some of those those stories of how they impacted or or what good they have done because mentoring is farming, right? It's right. It's every day and and it's unpredictable and it's full of drought and it's full of too yeah. much rain and it's full of whatever else and oh, how the locusts come yeah, into yeah. the fields. But it, it's also a reminder that that there is God at work, first and foremost, that He is sovereign and that also there are things that our mentees or our students are seeing that we may never hear about. But right. every now and then we do get that, we do get that opportunity right. to hear about that. So, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot though, okay. just in terms as we wrap up to kind of talking about your career. I mean, you're no spring chicken, all right? You're well. You're I mean, gonna have to retire eventually. Well, I mean, if I told you my age, you'd be surprised. But but if you saw me, you'd be like, "You're that old?" Oh, yeah. So I, that's I get, right. I get, yeah, that's yeah. true. People are always thinking that you're you're probably I'm, in your mid thirties. I'm, I'm being honest, John. There there are times when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking, I feel like that 18 year old kid in Manila. I look in the mirror, I was like, "You're not that 18 kid <laughs> in Manila kid," you know, like right. But but I do I do I feel good. You yeah, know, I do, and and go through these moments of just you know. The, the age creeps in, but I try to eat good when I can, um, try to stay very healthy, try to work out as often as I can, and yeah. just be mindful of, of what God gave me and, and just be the best version of, of, of me um, that I can be when it comes to that. You've been kind of a mentor to me because I'll hit you every now and then. I'm so inconsistent when it comes to mm-hmm. diet and, mm-hmm. and even working out. But, you know, as, as I age, I've mm-hmm. hit you up with some questions yeah. from time to time, and that's always been really helpful. So tell me this, though. You're going to eventually retire, correct? Eventually. Okay. So once you eventually, once you eventually yeah. retire, Lanny, how do you think that you're going to, have you thought, have you given any thought to it? Like, how are you going to kind of itch that scratch, scratch that itch maybe? I think that's scratch the Scratch that itch. How are you going to scratch the itch of, as you have been one that has spent really the majority of your life up at the, to this point investing in others, mm-hmm. how do you see that kind of remaining? That's the, you know, honestly, John, that, that's a great question. It's one it's just it's just a relevance piece. Like how do you how do you remain relevant? And and that's the it's probably the thing that I mean, I was praying about that just this morning, just like, man, it's like what what do you what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to stay in clean? Do you want me to become an, a head athletic director somewhere? Do you want me to retire and take on another job? And and it's it's the question that I have, you know, like like what you know, because I wanna be, I wanna do what he wants me to do, not what I want to do. Sure. And it's scary that I'm saying that because I know he's like, really? Okay, let's just see if you really want to yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's but, recorded now. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's true, you know. But but those are my those are my thoughts. I, I want to be financially sound. Like I'll say that as well. I'm not ashamed to say that because when it talks about your legacy and your family and what you want to leave behind, I, I do want I do want that to be a big part of it as well. But part of me is just like, man, how do you remain relevant? You know, as you do get older. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think a lot of people struggle with that. You look at professional athletes that that are no longer pros anymore, and they're just like, mm-hmm. the cheers are gone. Like, like mm-hmm. then what? Mm-hmm. You know, so so that that's a, that's a great question. I don't have an answer uh, to your question. It's something that I'm constantly seeking. You're gonna own a Chick Fil A. Own a Chick Fil A, man. I would, I would I would love to own a Chick Fil A. <laughs> uh, that would be great if we could. But who knows? 
who knows? Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's the beauty of this, Lanny, is that is that you understand that you have been fed in too well yeah. and that you have spent, you have been, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, right? You've been living obediently every step of the way when God gives you a new circumstance or, mm-hmm. or a new opportunity, you walk through that door and it's scary, right? but it's been neat to see as a friend, you accomplish much and and do that. And and to know what you do, that you do it well. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you're not going to do a thing if you're not going to do it to, the, to right. the best of your ability. Right. And so I think that's a good reminder for us as well. Would you just take a minute to share one or two of those stories from, you, you, I think you just had a, a really great story for us about someone that you had some influence on that, yeah. that did come back and, and mention and, to you in a text. And, and I've had, I've had several things like that, that occur, you know, when, when you're in it and, and, and you think you're doing the right thing. And, and I remember one time as a teacher in Burnham, I was so mad. You know, you, you have these classes of kids, man, that she's like, and if you, if you never taught before, you, you won't get this, but if you have, you'll get this, like, I don't like this class. Right. This, like for whatever reason, we're not jiving. Like me and this, me and these seven, 12, 14 kids. But the, I like the, the other chemistry class. of the room. It's just, just, not, it's just right. not right. And I remember one time in class, man, I was just so mad because I was pouring my heart out into him and really being, you know, loving on kids like, yeah. like God's told me to. It was stand too. and deliver in that, yes. right? It was lean yes. on me in yes. there. It was, okay. it was that moment. And, but they're not getting it. And I'm, and I'm like, man, what is the deal? And I remember I was having these kids do test, test corrections one day. And, and I've never done, I'm not a text test correction kind of guy. I don't like giving points away just to, for you to say, oh, here's the right answer. So I wasn't big on that, but that's it. With these, with these kids, I'm going to do that. So okay. I do it and, and I'm like, okay, you know, do your test correction so you can get points. And, and I looked up and this kid, he's not, he has nothing. He doesn't have the test at all. He's just, he's on this, he's writing a letter. And I'm like, and, and I wanted to like rip him. I'm like, no, I'm not going to him. Just whatever. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. So he, he, he gets down with the letter. He puts it under his desk and uh, he decides to, uh, to get the test corrections out. He makes one or two. The bell rings. He leaves. He puts his letter on my desk. And the letter absolutely blew me away because at that moment in time, I was like, I need some help on how to reach these kids. And he says to me in the letter, I know that you pour into us every day. And I know that you think that we don't listen to what you tell us. But I want to tell you, I've never had a man talk to me the way that you do, and you appreciate it. I know that I don't do right by you all the time, and I'm sorry, but I want to thank you for being the man that you are for me. And so I'm just sitting at my desk, and I'm just crying oh, because sure. I'm thinking, it's not about, I'm, you know, as a teacher, you always think it's about the A's and the B's and the C's. And sometimes, man, it's just, it's just what you say. You know, I've had moments where I had a kid in my class that I shared with you earlier that was a freshman he left and went to Burton after his freshman year, and he became a coach 10 years later. And he, he finds me on Instagram and says, hey, I want to let you know. And now he, he didn't play baseball for us except for one year, and he wasn't with me because I, I was a varsity coach at the time. But he sends me this letter, this, this message on Instagram. And his name is Bailey Doremus, and he just said, hey, I want to let you know that I haven't talked to you in a while, but, but I've taken the job, accepted the job as a head high school baseball coach at Brian Rutter, and I want to thank you for everything that you've done. In the interview process, they asked me, you know, why do you want to become a coach and why do you want to do this? He says, and my answer was you. And now, John, I, ha- I had no direct influence over this kid. We didn't talk all the time. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't chat. I mean, I maybe he liked something on his Instagram every now and then he put out there. He was just a, he was a bullpen catcher. I don't want to say just a bullpen catcher. He was a bullpen catcher at mm-hmm. A&M. He, he wasn't one of these flashy kind of kids, but he sends that to me. And it's just, you know, it's, it was God's way of saying, man, sometimes mentoring isn't what you think it is. Mm-hmm. It's not what, it's not the go to the coffee shop. It's just living your life out in front of people mm-hmm. and, and allowing me to water what you plant. Things like that. Amazing. Moments like that. So 
totally true, Lenny. So I think I think a major pull away from our conversation today is that we're doing a lot more mentoring than we're even oh, yeah. aware of, yeah. right? That it's just happening left and right. Yeah. And it can, you know, it can be bad if we're if we're not really aware, consciously aware of of how we're living, what we're saying, how we're responding, you know, even just what our face looks like. Right. Right. When we're when we're responding to to someone not right. knowing, but man, aren't they just kind of always watching and aren't they always Absolutely. processing? That's what we always want to talk about. You know, the life of MNT is one that they're they have no idea what you're going through because they don't care right. because their world is right. Is, their know, world. And yeah. yeah. And so if we have a bad day, it could it could really they can personalize that so right. so quickly. But right. I, I love to hear those stories that, that you share and just the the knowledge that there are those times when when they will come back and say, Hey, you, you didn't even know it, but you know, again, I'm basing my entire career on the fact that you had an influence over yeah. me over a semester and, yeah. and what a joy that was yeah. Yeah. to be a part of. Well, Lanny, I kind of want to land the plane on our conversation, okay. which I think has been great. And it's hard to, because I want to keep talking, but, you know, I value for, in many ways for many things, but as we kind of just wrap up our, our talk, I want to just focus again back on our, our mentors who are listening and I want them to be equipped and I want to be, them to be encouraged. And when I look at your career, your mindset, your obedience to the Lord, it's, it's, been, it's been rich and it's been fruitful. Can you just maybe share a, a lesson for longevity? I mean, what what is it? I know that you're going to say it's obedience to Christ, right? But have there just you know, if you could if you could have these listeners here in this room to maybe spur them on, what would you what would you, you know? Maybe say? And, and I'm glad you asked that question. Two things come to mind. You know, it's the you know the when when Christ was asked by the Pharisees, you know, what is the greatest commandment out of out of the ten? And and it was just like you know, love the Lord with all your heart and love your brothers yourself. And my whole my whole, I don't want to say mantra because because it, it takes away from what he said. But love God, love people. Mm-hmm. I think that if we can stay in that lane, then everything else will take care of itself. And I want to tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that that I've messed up a lot. But I my intention is for that love God, love people to stay in that lane as much as we can. And when when you do that, you know, it's I, I can't respond to how people respond to me sometimes how they respond is, is has nothing to do with me it's just that man they're, they're, they're in a bad place in their life or there's, it's just a bad day mm-hmm. but you know my heavenly father says you know love on them love god love people and, and let, let everything else be where they make us if if you do those two things it's very very hard to break any of the other any of the other things if you just stay right. in that lane i've missed the mark you know I, I i'll be the first to admit that and i think anyone could say, I mean, I haven't always loved God and loved people all the time, but these are the things that I that I that I definitely try to live with now. And you know, the other thing is, is the prayer of Jabez. You know, God bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, mm-hmm. place your hand upon me, and keep me from evil, that I may not harm anybody. You know, and that's every night when I lay down. That's that's my prayer. It's just, man, you know, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, place your hands upon me, keep me from evil, that I may not harm anybody. You know. So that's that's where I am. Everything else, anybody else that comes into my life, man, I just try to, I try to just show them something greater than me when I come in contact with them. Haven't always been that way. Hasn't always been right. But as I've as I've seasoned in my life, I'm learning more and more. You know, to the Dead Poet Society, I would say this: seeing the movie today as a 54 year old man versus seeing it back in 87 or 88 or 89 as a, as a 19 year old man, a two different Two different aspects of the movie. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see it from a different perspective with a lot that's going on inside of that. But I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come here and, and, and just have a conversation with you about it, man. Same here, man. Yeah. Same here. Thank you so much for speaking about these things. And so I hear you. 
love God, love people. Mm-hmm. It's as if it's as if we're in the locker room and yeah. you know you're you're deciding. Did you ever get a chance to kind of decide what what like words would be over the door, you know, as you as you go out or like the the team? Uh, did you or did you get a, did you get to inherit that? You know, was that already uh, in the program? Uh, you know, the clear eyes? Uh, yeah. Um, pure hearts. Yeah, yeah. My 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 biggest thing is probably do life with good people. You know, just if if there was a mantra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there was a if there was a saying that you slap on the way, way, out. way out, do life with good people. That's it. You no, know, if you, if you can do that, it's, right. it's all gravy from there, man. Yeah, so, yeah you got yeah. most of it taken yeah. care of. Love God, love people, yeah. that's for sure. Well, again, Lanny Williams, thank you for taking the time yeah, to speak man. into this. Listener, I know that you've gleaned some gold because I just, I love having the opportunity to sit down with those who've lived some life and who especially have committed their life to, you know, this daily act of, Lord, I, I surrender, I deny myself, right? I don't, I don't want to do what I, what I want to do right. today. I, and I want to take up that cross and I want to follow you. Right. And Lanny, you've always been an example of that. And, and also that, you know, even as you speak, you, you share, hey, I don't always get it. And I think, it's, I think that's, a, that's a good quality to have that humility. But the beauty of it is, is that we understand too, we don't have to always, like we're not right. expected to always get it even right. too, right? Even so mentor, you are what you are in spite of, and even maybe because of, right. because of your flesh, you know, because of the need that we have for, for Christ, because thankfully he is faithful in spite of our being right. unfaithful. And so he is good. So, Lanny Williams, thank you for the reminder. John that, Bernard, thank you very much. Hey, you always have a place here, man. So I hope this isn't our last our last formal conversation, even no, on this podcast. Not at all. All right, I'll, I'll be, be coming to you. You know, maybe around World Series time. You know, hey, it's it's Get the Astros. We're, well, that's that's. Ashles all the way. That's that's gonna be okay. Maybe I mean, the hands short. down. Okay. We can we can just we can just stop right there. Like, that's right. Like uh, we're excited about the Astros right now because we've been very we've been excited about the Astros. Not just now, John. Not just now. <laughs> let's just let's keep it real. Let's okay. keep it. You know, let's real talk. This oh this the Astros has been about the Astros, and it always will be. It always will be. Uh, the Alpha, no, not the Alpha and Omega. <laughs> that's something different. <laughs> Listener, thank you for sitting down yeah. with us today. Please remember that you can mentor. Okay.